Dear little sisters, I'm Bernice. And I'm Lena. Welcome back to our podcast where we will be chatting with interesting women who do interesting things. We are two teens who want to empower young girls by providing role models for them. We hope that these women will show you that anything you want to do is possible and inspire you to dream big. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and we truly hope you enjoy this episode. Dear little sisters, we are very excited to share part two of our interview with Governor Susana Martinez with you. She has been breaking glass ceilings for the past 25 years as first the first female elected district attorney in New Mexico, the first female governor of New Mexico, and the first Latina governor of the United States. Hope you enjoy. What has inspired you to get to where you are today? Well, I probably would say my mom. Um, my mother was a full-time worker. Um, she had to work full-time, like I said before, because we were living paycheck to paycheck. She had amazing patience for my sister. Um, she was special needs uh, at birth. And, you know, really good patience and teaching her and having with her having my sister with her at all times when she was not working. Um, She also, between my father and my mother, they opened a business when I was um, a senior in high school. And when they opened their business, we didn't have a savings account. We didn't know where we were gonna go from that. So I was a security guard. My mom was working, uh, doing the books on the kitchen table. And my dad was working on his off time as a security guard as well. And so we built a business uh, and they allowed me to go on to law school. And so I I just think that my mom was the person who took care of my sister until the day she died. And that is taking care of an adult for a really long time. So my mom taught me patience. She taught me perseverance. She taught me to respect differences that just because you might look different or be different um, that, that, that makes you just as special as anybody else. Um, encouraged me to work with the, uh, Special Olympics of which my mother was always, uh, you know, at the games whenever they would compete. Um, my mom was a special lady, um, and she never expected anything in return. Your mom seems like an amazing woman. She has inspired you and so many others. Thank you for sharing her story. It seems like the legacy she has left goes beyond and she has definitely instilled those core values of patience and perseverance in you. That's something very, very special. For me, my mom is also one of my biggest role models. I think for me, she's the person I go to for everything, whether it's school drama or something more important, like I have a new idea, she'll always support me no matter what. And I think that support system at home is so important for me. And I think that's kind of why I, this is my reason I started this podcast, to help other girls feel that sense of support and security and just show them that anything they wanna do is possible. 
That's right. And, and I think we have to also learn to lean on each other. We sometimes need help figuring things out. And as, you know, your girlfriends and, and leaning on each other and having a place to kind of complain, you know, sit around and just, you know, just ne- kind of vent and say, this isn't fair or this isn't right. But then, you know, pull yourself up and saying, but we, we won't change anything by just sitting around and complaining and, and we'll lean on each other so that we can get to where we want to go instead of pushing each other to the side because of, you know, emotional kind of things and jealousies and things like that. We've got to pull ourselves together so that together we're going to rise to a level that we can be, you know, really contribute to our communities and to our families and to whoever, whatever lifestyle you decide. I think that's so true. Um, you have been such an important role model for girls. How have you continued to inspire and empower young girls? Well, I um, I do some, uh, still continue to this day, I do some nonprofit organizations um, specializing in education, Excel in education. It's uh, led by Jeb Bush in Florida. I'm on their board. I, um, I do a lot of, conferences with young girls that have um, an interest. Uh, some of them are a little older than you, but still are interested and want to know more about how you get into politics or into leadership positions, or how do you work for someone who is in a leadership position? Because I'll tell you, when I was governor, I was surrounded by young people that were, I mean, half my age and were so bright, so intelligent, and worked in the office where I was developing policy with them. Um, but they had really worked hard, but they were young and they were determined. And so um, to that point, I mean, I, there were there were those young ladies that I visited in schools and organizations and, um, and let them know that I didn't get here by myself, but I certainly want to make sure that I help other little girls see that their dreams can come true. Um, I talk to the little girls when they'd see me at the grocery store. They'd call me Susanna. They didn't call me governor. And I didn't want them to call me governor. I wanted them to call me Susanna. Um, and they would peek and look down the grocery aisle and wonder if it was me. And they'd run up to me and we'd do selfies. I mean, I wanted them to know that I was just a normal human being too. Uh, and they could approach me and we could talk and we, they could ask me anything they wanted. Uh, we'd have little meetings in my office and this big round table we had um girl scouts and uh junior league and uh, you know all kinds of uh, of kiddos i loved I, I would open it up to any question they had um i had no limitations because pretty much i'm an open book i think that's so sweet you have been breaking barriers all throughout your career and we have already discussed some really tough gender barriers that you were able to overcome, but throughout your career, what progress have you seen being made for women? Well, you know, as the first female governor in the state and the first Latina governor in the United States, those are not qualifications. That's who I am, but they're not qualifications. I, I had to work hard in school. I, I needed to make sure I was learning the policies and what was good policy and bad policy and how can I make this work um, 
I had to make sure that I, I, I knew what I was talking about. Um, I didn't want and think that because we're women, we deserve to be in a particular position. You have to work at it and you have to be good at it because then other young ladies will see when you aren't as good as you can possibly be, then what kind of a mentor can you be then? Um, I wanted to be a really good mentor because I wanted to open those doors for many young ladies. And so I had to bring my ideas that I had learned and vetted and studied to show that I was valued and, and hopefully they valued me in order to like me to these positions. But my gender and my, the fact that I'm a minority, I never had to mention that to anybody when I was running for office. I was hoping that some of that was obvious. And so I had to bring my brain and my ideas and my fortitude and my commitment to, to let others know that I was real, that I, I meant to be a leader and not to be a politician. I love that you lead by action and you want girls to look up to you, not because of where you're from, but because of your actions. I think this really reverberates with me and the history of women has definitely empowered me to start this podcast. Women like you are shaping our world and I want to be part of the change in the future and empower myself and others by speaking to incredible women like you. You're very sweet. Thank you. That's truly inspiring. What advice would you give to girls who might be a little intimidated to speak up? You know, it, it I, I never had the problem of speaking up. Uh, my mother, my, my grandmother used to call me La Abogadita, which means the little lawyer, um, because I always wanted to argue a situation. Um, if it was my turn to wash dishes, for the fourth time in a row, I would argue with my mother and say, mom, why isn't it my brother's turn? He knows how to use, you know, wash dishes. I, I don't have to do it all the time. And we would, she would allow me that room um, to, to debate, uh, which I appreciated a lot from my mom. She didn't find it to be back talk. She just let me argue my point. Uh, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Um, but I think, uh, I think, I'm sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> Repeat that. So what advice would you give to a young girl who might be intimidated to speak oh, up? Yes. And so I didn't have that problem. However, I get it when some people think, oh, I would never be in politics. I could, that, that would never be me who would work for cabinet secretary or, or, or be on a school board. I, I mean, I've heard that so many times. I would reach out to women and say, why aren't you running? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you in charge of this um, committee? You can do this. And they feel, they feel like they can't do it, but not because they don't run a household or they don't have a good job and they do well in their job or they, they raise children or whatever. I mean, they've done those things well. Why can't you do this well? You can. They just don't, they can't envision themselves. And sometimes it takes a conversation with others to, to say, why? Explain to me why you're timid to speak up. You have good ideas. You, you can learn the good ideas. If you don't have them already, they're not like something I was born with. I, I, I had to study 
I had to learn, you know, this idea versus that idea, and which one's better for, for kids and education. Why aren't they learning um, civics anymore in, in um, some schools? That's crazy. That's our history. That is how the system works. We should be teaching kids civics. Um, these are parents can speak up. Parents can speak up to the school board and say, wait, this is what we need to do. Why aren't we doing this? You are serving our children and we're demanding that you do these sorts of things. Um, it, 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 and then again, lean on each other to be able to do that. Give each other that encouragement. Um, you know, I'll stand by you. You can do this. We can do this. You can say it. Um, I've seen shy women um, blossom into some very amazing um, leaders and it, 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 it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes at the beginning but we get over it we really get over it definitely I it seems like for you again your mother has given you the opportunity and has allowed you to use your voice and sometimes speaking in front of people is a little bit hard but what you said is so so inspiring how envisioning yourself becoming a good speaker or speaking in front of people can definitely be a huge game changer for them and once you find your voice it's yours no one can take it away from you so your voice is yours forever once you find it you just have to be willing to take the first leap to find that's right. it that's right and education is yours forever and no one can take it from you once you have it Definitely. I think your voice and your education are two of the most important things in life. So once you have the opportunity to access them and use them, just keep using them right. and you'll be good to go. That's right. So you are an incredible speaker, such a, an inspiring speaker. How have you become such a great public speaker? I'll tell you, I there there are many times when I have been really nervous. Um, when I was trying my first cases, I was in the courtroom a lot um, to do a jury trial. I would practice in front of a mirror. I would see others who did really well, and then I would like certain parts of how they presented, uh, whether it was a speech, an opening argument, talking to a jury, speaking crisscross applesauce on the floor with a five-year-old in a courtroom. How do we do that? How do we do it easier for that little five-year-old? And so I would practice, sometimes I'd record myself and then I'd play it back to myself in the car and I'd be listening and saying, okay, that didn't sound right. Or I used a word that maybe I shouldn't have used or the sentence didn't make any sense. Um, that practice, and, and you have to be very good at self, being self-critical. Because if you think you're the greatest thing ever, and maybe you know you're not being self-critical, um, you don't get to improve all the time. And so yeah, there are times I I did I used to um, watch great people, take the best of them, and then I practice things in front of the mirror and record myself. Um, that way, at least I got a feel for how people were seeing me and hearing me, um, and was I getting the message across? Uh, because if I'm not communicating. Um, I'm wasting my time. Definitely. I think what you said about communication is so important. If you can't communicate well, then nobody's getting your message. So being able to communicate well is super important. And I personally 
love debate. It's one of my favorite hobbies. I do debate outside of school, inside of school. It's just one of my favorite things to do. So I'm definitely going to be using those tips before my next debate tournament. Good for you. Thank you. So now as a very successful woman, how do you reflect back on your teenage years? You know, there were times in the junior high um, when I was ahead in, you know, math, science, um, English, and some of those basic courses when I was so far ahead of the other students. Um, I had some choices that I could have made that were bad. Um, I could have gotten, gotten together with a crowd that wasn't the best for me. Um, and I had to make decisions. Um, sometimes I made the wrong decision. And, and got into some trouble in the sense of, you know, didn't go to school when I should have been there. And I finally figured out it was just too much trouble to be in trouble. And I wiped a clean slate when I walked in as a freshman into my new high school. And um, I just decided that I needed to just buckle down. And now I was great in school, but the teachers always thought I talked too much. <laughs> And I said, if, if that's my only fault, then I'm okay with that. <laughs> as long as I was getting A's in my grades, um, I, I was okay with that. Um, and so I, I think that we can, um, I think growing up in high school led me to being um, a leader. I was elected as the president of the student body as a senior. I had a young man who came up to me and he says, we'd like you to run with us as a ticket like secretary, treasurer, uh, vice, vice student body president, vice student body president. And they wanted me to run with them as secretary. And I said, well, why didn't you, why are you asking me secretary? Why, why aren't you asking me to run a, like, something else? Oh, but that's, that, we want you as secretary. And I said, I think I'm gonna run for president. And so I did and I won. Um, and then I thought, all right, we're gonna get a hold of the custodians because our first impression is what our school looks like. And so I'm gonna have a meeting with the custodians because they're letting the grass grow too long. It's getting yellow. There's a lot of weeds and trash. And so we need to fix this. And so I did, I thought I had the authority since I was president of the student body. And so I had a meeting with the custodians and I kind of talked to them and said, look, we've got a first impressions, that's important. And we've got to make sure this is clean and neat and our school looks great. Well, I got a call from the principal. And she called me in and said, you can't do that. And I said, but why can't I? I mean, isn't that true? And she says, yes, it's true, but that's my job, not your job. <laughs> and I appreciated she said it that way because I said, I, okay, I get it. Um, and, but I wanted high school to be a way for me to get fun experiences, but also I was involved in, in clubs, involved in um, student body involved in campaigns when I ran for junior president. I wanted to just, I, I, I just wanted to be engaged with as many students as possible. And hopefully with that, I was encouraging them to get engaged too. I love how you were so willing to initiate change, even just as a high schooler. <laughs> that That's really inspirational for us. And what you said about getting with the wrong crowd and getting into trouble and all of that, definitely is true for teenagers and just stay with the good crowd I think and all, with all peer pressure and all that and just all of the not fun stuff that comes along with school um, it's definitely just good to find your group and find the people that 
you're friends with, like me and Bernice, for example, and just stick with them. And I think that you'll be good to go. I think you're absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, it, it can be a five minute decision that can change your, your whole life, your world, and take you in a different direction that you never intended to make. It could be that one bad decision um, and it doesn't take long to make it. And then you sit back and say, what did I just do that has now changed all my dreams? Um, and so we have to be careful with, with those things on a daily basis. Definitely. Building off our last question, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? You know, I would say, yeah, they can be really nasty on Facebook. I didn't let that affect me at all. I didn't read my Facebook. You're going to make mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes. Um, own them, learn from them, and move forward. Um, make decisions that are smart and good for you. Um, peer pressure can be tough. I know that. And it's worse now with all the social media and all of those things that can go on and just the horrible things that can happen, positive, negative. I don't know how, what kind of a teenager I would be in the midst of all the social media. Um, it's a different world. And even as a politician, to, when I was governor, I met with people instead. I let those things roll off my back. Because if you feel hurt or bothered by the hate that sometimes is put on social media or you know people that are being hateful or mean or peer pressure and that sort of stuff, you have to be strong inside and out to be able to say, not for me. And that's not gonna bother me. And I'm happy with who I am and who I'm becoming. And so, you know, mean girls or whatever, you know, is being said on, on social media, I just never let those things affect me. I just skip right over it and um, I, I know who I am and you all can know who you are. Don't let that kind of thing get you down. Prove them wrong and you'll get exactly to where you want to be. Definitely. I mean, I think all of us have had some sort of interaction with online bullying and cyberbullying and with social media and I think it's important to learn to just remain indifferent that is truly inspiring and I'm sure your words will touch the hearts of many I hope so because you know it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter um you know if you I I just you know I I know that people can be very critical I'm happy with who I am and what I look like and 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 all the ladies all the, you know, the sisters that are going to be watching this, I really want them to know to be, feel good in your skin. Um, do what's good for you and, and work hard at what you want to be. Um, make good decisions. And at the end of the day, there's nothing more gratifying than reaching that first step of where you're headed to get to the next and to the next and to the next. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and helping us inspire and empower young girls. Thank you. It is my pleasure. Thanks so much, uh, Lena and Bernice. I appreciate you both very much. Thanks for what you do. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We truly hope you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.